Good morning, church. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, team. Let me just um, share this one thought with you, and I'm going to try to build a few minutes of thinking about how Jesus would have us live in the world um, just around this one thought. And, and here's what I want you to be thinking about with me today. Have you ever thought that there are some people in the world in which we live who get more attention than other people, right? And, and uh, so often, uh, those are the people that are, quote, famous, or after the Super Bowl last week, who are the athletes who get a lot of attention. Uh, so often we think about those who get attention as the, the wealthy. And whatever that was, it gets attention too. <laughs> but my question is, who's supposed to get attention in the world in which we live? And, and, and I just want to pause and ask you to be reflecting around that theme with me today, because I think that God has a message for us to really begin examining what it is and where it is that God wants us to be serving one another. See, the reality is that uh, if you don't think that there are some people who get more attention than others, uh, I won't ask you to raise your hand. This is a rhetorical question, so please don't embarrass yourself. But many of you tonight at 8 o'clock are going to be watching the Grammys. Now, I, I know that some of you are nodding your head like, never, never. And I know what you're going to be doing at 8 o'clock. And here's the reason why you're, you're watching. You're watching because uh, the, you want to see what people wear. You want to see what ridiculous thing they're going to say. But the, tr the truth is that you're paying attention to what they're saying and what they're doing and how they're dressing. And I think that God has a different message for us. I, I remember back years ago when, when I was in high school, and I'll invite you to think about your high school days. Some of you haven't gotten there yet. Others of you can't remember because it's been so long ago. But, but I want you to think about high school. I'll never forget in my high school days, um, my, my closest friend was Sid. And, and Sid, Sid and I were inseparable. Uh, he was the quarterback for the football team, and I kind of just played the kicker on the football team. And, and we, we just kind of just hung out together all the time. But I'll never forget this one morning, uh, we, we were standing there talking, and we were talking about um, our weekend plans and really talking about how we're going to get in trouble, but, but that's beside the point. But we were, t we were talking, and then all of a sudden, these teachers and these other students <laughs> came up. Everybody turned everything else off. And, and, and so what, what's happening is that these people came up and they started talking and started uh, talking to Sid as if I was not there. You ever had that experience? And, 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 and most, of, most of us in this room are, are the type of people that get ignored. V very few of us are the, the famous or the athlete or, or the wealthy. Uh, we're, we're, the, we're all those other kind of people, and we're standing there like I'm saying, you know, what am I, chopped liver? And I will tell you that Sid tried everything he could to get me engaged in that conversation, but no matter what he did, nothing would change the effect the attention, the focus of these people. In, today we have a word for that. 
and what I experience and what many of you experience is what we call marginalized. There are people who live in the margins of life. Not looked at. Let me, let me share this definition with you. In fact, you may want to take out your teaching notes uh, and, and follow along with me, with me this morning because I, I think that God has a special message for you today. And, and just go ahead. It's not going to bite you. It's not going to hurt you to pull out your teaching notes at all. So let me just give you this, this text. Uh, to, be re to be treated as unimportant or powerless, to be sidelined, overlooked, or disregarded. Now, the, re the reality is that many of us have experienced being marginalized. So let me, let me share some experiences with you, some ideas of what I'm talking about. Uh, let, me, let me speak to the women in the crowd for a second. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about when, you're, when I'm talking about being marginalized. Because when you were employed, uh, there were men who were given promotions, even though you were far more superior than they were in, in your capacity, but because they are a man. They got the job. Or, or what about the women who had the same job as a man who got a different pay just simply because of your gender? Or, 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 or what about uh, people who are uh, marginalized because of your age? How many of you uh, were marginalized because uh, people said, oh, you're too young to do that? Or, or, or today you're hearing, oh, you're too old. And, and, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I hear very often from, from men especially who are about 59, 60, 61, 62, that bracket, of, and where they're still gifted, uh, they, they lost their job, they're unable to get a job similar because of their age. Or, 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 or what about a person's race? People are, are marginalized because of the color of their skin, because they're black or brown, or white. People are marginalized. Or, or what about a person who has disabilities? And, 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 and they're marginalized because of their disability. Or what about people are mar who are marginalized because of the language that they speak? They speak Spanish. Can't they learn to speak English? And we marginalize people all the time. You see, what, what I need for us to understand today as we're thinking about uh, how, how to live in a fractured world, what I want us to be thinking about today is how is it that we reach out to the marginalized people of our community, of our families, of our church, and say to them that you matter. You know, we read throughout the scriptures, we read the New Testament especially, and we read about how, how Jesus uh, uh, talked about marginalized people. There have been book after book after book written about how Jesus included marginalized people. For example, uh, what about that passage of scripture uh, that when Jesus is, uh, is talking and teaching and all of a sudden a group of leaders of a community come out and they throw a woman at the feet of Jesus and they said, we caught this woman in the act of adultery. My question is, where's the man? Was he not committing adultery also? So, so I don't think only that Jesus talked about 
the marginalized people, but I think what Jesus was really talking about was that he says we need to expand where the margins are. We need to begin to look outward. We need to begin to grow our, our understanding of who is it that is part of the body of Christ and how do we love those people. You see, the, the, the hard part of our reality today in our culture is that we, we live in a culture uh, that, 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 that where we look around people, we look past people, we, we look over people, we look below people. Uh, we, we really want to look at them in their eye, and we really don't want to engage with them uh, because they are marginalized, and, when we, and we marginalize them. We do a really good job at that. So what do we do about it? I, I dare say that everybody who's, who's sitting in the sanctuary today and everybody who's watching, wherever you're watching from today, uh, that, uh, that you would say, I want the world to change. I want the world to become a better place. Would you agree with me? Okay, that was, a, that was really poor. <laughs> For all of our guests and new people, you don't know that this congregation has been taught, trained to talk back to their pastor. So, so, so let me say it again. What was the question? Are you tired of the world in which we live today? Yes. So who's it up to, ch to change it? Exactly. You know, I, I was in a setting this week in which they were talking about politics and, 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 and talking about how Congress and the president and all these other people are supposed to change everything for us. And I think, you know, they have the responsibility. Last week's text said we're supposed to honor our government. And, man, I want to honor our government. But if we're looking for change in the grassroots, it's going to be us who are going to change it. And, 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 if we start, and if we start to look at how we marginalize people, how we separate people from being a part of the kingdom of God, if we start to look at how important it is to look at people with integrity, with dignity, then we're going to learn something. So last week, I started this sermon series just simply talking about, you know, loving like Jesus in a fractured world. And part of our fracture is that we have marginalized people so much so I, I, I talked about four principles. I'm going to talk about the last one today. The first principle I talked to you last week was, was about that we need to show dignity to all people. All people are, worth, are worthy because uh, they are created in the image of God, dignity. The, the second is, is, is what? Can anybody remember? Diversity. That we are created by, purposefully with diversity. We're not supposed to all be alike. The third is culture, or I'm sorry, community, and that we're called to be inside the church because when we're inside the church, uh, we learn how to love one another. And the fourth is love. You see, what we're called to do, what you and I are called to do more than anything else, guys, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, Brownies, let me just tell you that if you learn one thing about this, you know, I, lo I love about the Girl Scout promise and the, Girl and the Boy Scout oath, it's all about God. It's about how do we honor God? And we honor God by, by really saying that we're, we're, we're going to look at those who are marginalized. We're going to look at those that the society has said are not worthy. And we're going to draw them right in to the core of our being. So let me invite you to look at these two passages of Scripture. Because I think that what we're going to learn in these two passages of Scripture is that if we don't hear this, we're going we're gonna to miss something significant. So when you die, 
So let me look at you. When, when you die and you take your last breath on earth, and let's just say, I, I don't know how all this works, but I just believe it does. Now, when we take our last breath on earth, we take our first breath into heaven, we're standing at the pearly gates. Here's the question that's going to be asked of you. One question. Did you love? Did you love? So look at this text uh, from James chapter 2, verse 12. It, it's very clear uh, on, on what we're supposed to do with love. Let me read it to you. Whenever you speak or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law of love, the law that sets you free. You might not want to underscore that. You will be judged by the law of love. That's it. Then, then look at the second passage. This is one that I used last week. I gave, I've given you the abbreviated version. It's Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Listen to, I'll share the complete one. It says, love the Lord your God. Let me repeat that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. For this is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is equal to it. So let me ask you, how are you doing? If you were to judge yourself this very minute, if you were to judge yourself this very minute and say, on a scale of 1 to 100, where am I in the scale of love? How am I doing when it comes to uh, the people that society, or perhaps you, have identified as being marginalized? How are you doing? Don't, don't we all wish we could be over here at the 100%? I do. But I'd be lying to you. I'd be lying to you as your pastor if I said that I'm over here 100% of the time. There are circumstances in all of our lives that cause us to marginalize people. So let me share with you a passage that I've been looking at now for several months. It's one that has been speaking to me over and over and over, and it has become literally one of my favorite passages of Scripture uh, to read. It comes from Matthew chapter 20, uh, beginning with verse 30. And, and what we find here is that this is a moment in time in which Jesus is going between two communities, and there he, is, he encounters two men who are blind. So let me invite you, listen as the word of God is spoken and uh, revealed to your heart, your mind, your soul uh, this morning. Matthew 20, verse 30 and through 34. Uh, two blind men were sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd scolded them and tried to get them to be quiet, but they just shouted louder, Lord, have mercy on us. And when Jesus heard them, he stopped and looked their way. Then he asked, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, we want to see. And Jesus felt compassion on them, so he touched their eyes, and instantly they could see. Then they all started following Jesus. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. I want to share with you three thoughts about 
how Jesus can teach us of living with the marginalized people and three thoughts that help us, that keeps us away from marginalizing people. Here's the first. We need to learn how to listen to the clues that people are in pain. We need to learn how to listen to the clues that people are in pain. Loving all starts with listening. Here's the reality. In the sanctuary today, some 460, 500 people, whatever the number is, those watching at home, there's a large number of people right here, right now, who are in pain. You're in pain because of the relationship with the person that you're seated next to. You're in pain because of a relationship that you had or have with your parents. You're in, you're, you're in, uh, you're marginalized uh, from your sister or from your brother. Uh, you are in a sense of tension uh, with your neighbor. The truth is that we need to learn how to listen. I, I love the way that the scripture begins. Uh, let me just retell the first part of the story. It says that Jesus was walking from one city to another. And as he's walking, there's a large crowd of people that are around him. Uh, th at this point in Jesus' ministry, large crowds of people were around him all the time. And so as he's walking along, uh, people were, were, were grabbing him. People were talking to him. People were wanting his attention. And so uh, just the, like when Jesus was teaching the little children, uh, uh, he, 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 he was teaching, and the disciples said, you know, to the kids who were making a lot of noise, get out of here. You're making too much noise. Get out of here. But Jesus says, hey, no, let the children come to me. And so all of a sudden, Jesus hears these two men who are blind, and he hears this voice that says, oh, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And what does the crowd do? If you were the crowd, what did you say back? Shut up. You're bothering Jesus. So what do, we do? what do the two blind men do next? They say it louder. The scripture is very clear. It's, they say it louder. And they say, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. What does Jesus do? He listens. I heard you. Is my question to you is, how many people in your world, in your sphere of influence, how many people in, 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 in your culture, in your environment, how many people are calling out with pain in their heart, pain in their souls, pain in their lives, and you're just walking by? How many people in your immediate family are crying out because they are in pain? And we just walk on by. And Jesus, you know, I think he was a little bit busier than we are. Do you think? Just a little bit? And all of a sudden, and Jesus, he listens to them. What would it take for you to change uh, the, the way, the fabric of your being, and for you to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start listening to the people who are all around me. 
I want you to look at this text from Psalm 18, verse 6. It says, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. I prayed to my God for help, and he heard me from his sanctuary, and my cry reached his ears. I know that Jesus is listening. I know that Jesus, that God is listening. I, I know that, but God is asking us to listen. God is saying, will you listen to the people? Or are you just going to keep on walking, just turn your back on people and say, you don't matter. You, I don't care about what you're doing, what's happening in your life. In essence, that is what you and I are doing every single day. The example from Jesus is that he listened. Then what did he do? He stopped. We need to learn to stop whatever we're doing and pay attention. We need to allow our schedules to be interrupted. I have two people that control my calendar, literally. They're both in here right now. And I am so deeply thankful. But I need to remind them sometimes that I need space to breathe. Cindy, Carol. <laughs> but more importantly, we need to create an environment where that no matter what is going on in my scheduled life, in your scheduled life, that we can stop. We can listen. Because there are people all around us, people who are hurting uh, because of divorce, people are hurting uh, because of the death of a child, people hurting uh, because uh, they have been marginalized because of their race or because of their age, people who are suffering, and we need to stop. There's nothing more important in your life than stopping. I can tell you, if I could just say this one thing and ask you to do this one thing all during this week, I think it would change the environment, the in culture, the environment that you live in. It is simply this. When you stop, Take a person by the hand and look at them. I had this one dear friend. Her name is Polly Cook. She was a campus minister at University of Miami. And, and so frequently, uh, I was chairing the, the campus ministry, and I'd run in at the last minute, and she would take my hand, and, she, and, and, and she'd say, how you doing, Tom? And now I'm just like walking away from her while she's saying that, right? But then she'd tug me back, and here's what she would say. How are you really doing? How are you really doing? How are you? How are you really doing? I'm praying for you. None of us are too busy to stop. None of us. How are you doing? How are you really doing? And the third is this. So we need to listen, we need to stop. 
then we need to look at people in the eye and ask them, what do you need? Isn't it interesting Jesus didn't say, what do, you, uh, what do you want? But Jesus says, what do you need? He cares enough. The people said, we want to see. We want vision. More likely, more than anything else, probably the thing that's going to matter the most is that you can stop, listen, look, and say, you matter to me because you matter to God, and therefore I'm going to come alongside of you, and I'm not going to allow any uh, sense of marginalization to come into our relationship, but rather I'm going to love you. You want, to, you want to change your world? You want to change the world? I think we do, we, all we have to do, listen to the example of Jesus. So let me ask you, will you have ears to hear? Yes? Will you take time to stop? Not real convincing. Let me, let me start over again. Will you take time to listen? Will you take time to stop? Will you take time to look at the people? If we do that, God will say, you are my beloved with whom I am well, well pleased. Let's pray. God, you called us to be in this place called a sanctuary. And we've gathered to hear your words sung and spoken. And I just pray, God, that you will just use us to live as examples in the world for the transformation of the world. And we can do that by identifying those who are marginalized in our lives so that we can create a new world, a new creation in your name. Amen? Amen. Amen.